time for go to bed. Happy birthday, sweetheart. The birthday special. Yeah. It's my birthday. I'll cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. You can cry yourself for time to for go to bed. <laughs> or so, so cry yourself to sleep. Cry yourself to sleep. No, it's um, it's been a good day. I had a had a fun wacky day. Just yeah. um, chasing after lobsters and <laughs> catching a couple ice creams and cup ice cream <laughs> and cupcakes and all those things that make life worthwhile. Probably our most self-indulgent day in uh, well over a year. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, but yeah, um, we, uh, today is Susan's birthday. She is 19. Yes, that's and, right. And, no, I'm kidding. She just turned 21. She bought me a beer. Um, because she's a year younger than me, or a year older than me, rather. So, she bought me a beer. Um, no, uh, but yeah, we had a, a nice day uh, yesterday and today. We've kind of started the celebration early because we knew we were going to be doing the show tonight. So, got a few, we did a little bit of shopping yesterday, mostly for our eBay store. Yep. Found some weird and wacky. That's called outsourcing. Yeah. It's not found... shopping for fun. It's called outsourcing. But it's exciting nonetheless because it's buying things for cheap and knowing that we're going to flip them. Because we got some yeah. really wild VHS tapes um, that uh, I have an eye for the rare and weird on VHS, and there is a collectible market for them. So found a really interesting uh, some kid stuff. Those Beatrix Potter VHS uh, yeah. videos look fun. But we're always on the prowl for horror movies because that's what really brought, brings in the bucks. Yeah, that's what we're on the prowl for. But, uh, Voodoo Zombie on eBay. Voodoo Zombie Boutiques. Boutique. I'll add the link down there somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, let there me see. <laughs> I'm looking for, uh, for better gifts for you for your birthday to put in the chat room. Oh, so. that's nice. But yeah, so happy birthday, Susan. We we had a, a I just fun put day. The link in the uh, in the chat room for our uh, yeah eBay. for your store for your eBay store Voodoo yeah. Zombie Boutique. So maybe we'll talk about that one day about being resellers and selling things. Yeah, but what um, to look out for. Yeah, but we also have a show for you today. We do filled with exciting stories and Oz and the circus and. A new one. A new. Something new. Yeah, something new. Oh, and also we have this. That's painful for everyone involved. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Thanks, I thought you'd Heather. like it. Thanks for the happy birthday. I thought you'd like it. I also so. have a, a little fundraiser on uh, Facebook. If you're my Facebook friend, uh, feel free to donate to the fundraiser. Dragon Boats. Yeah. They're a non-profit 
501c. I, I don't know what the word is. 501, 50c. I don't 501, know. 501c. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All the paperwork's been done. Yeah. It's official. It's legit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so, well, before we get into things, we, uh, we, um, we went and we found you, uh, we, we got some birthday cupcakes for you. Yes. At a local bakery that, uh, specializes in yummy buttercream and I had a half a cupcake. It was raspberry. Yeah. It was good. Save the other half for you. What was it? Candy confectionaries? We got, uh, uh, I think, I K &B, think that's... Yeah. K, oh, K and B confections, um, mm -hmm. in uh, Lakewood, Ohio, and they were very nice. We yeah. went in and we got uh, half a dozen cupcakes in uh, one in e a different, each one a different flavor. Yeah, and we got some and good we... vanilla ice cream to go with them. So we're gonna, uh, I think, on a break, I'll I'll have half a half a cupcake and give a review. Yeah. And uh, but well, I'm a I little. I tried the raspberry. I thought it was um. The frosting, the butternut, uh, the buttercream frosting was quite sweet. <laughs> you um, almost said butternut frosting. <laughs> butternut, no. It had a uh, mm. raspberry filling inside it. That was quite nice. Nice touch. Um, Real classy, so folks. Keep it up. It, was, it wasn't It was too powerfully raspberry, so yeah. you can tell me what you think of it when you try it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll try a different one so I can give a different review. Because there's okay. quite a few. There's a, you know, so, or maybe Yeah, not. and we had, um, what are those called? Those little cookies? Those little French cookies? Are they macaroons or something? Yeah, macaroons. We had creme brulee macaroons. Can't get much more French than that. Heck you know? no, unless it was served to you uh, um, in a beret. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. a guy Birthday with a beret. With a, with a Maurice Chevalier going, ha oh, yeah. ha. Oh. Oh, thank heaven for little girls. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and we just uh, we had a big seafood feast. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, we had uh, surf and we turf. We went to Red Lobster and had surf and turf. Yeah. They have a, a date night, so we decided to have a date. A date night feast is what it was called, and we have yeah. so much leftover food. Um, we, we basically brought the other half home, and we're going to yeah. make maybe steak salad tomorrow or something. Yeah, we brought the steak home and the, and the sides home, and uh, yeah. I consumed all my shrimp and lobster at the restaurant, uh, yeah. which was quite delicious. And I had clam chowder. Oh, my God, and we had bacon-wrapped scallops, too. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, so, pretty exotic. For us. Yeah, but we did yeah. bring home a little bit of lobster for Tennessee. Oh, which Tennessee! Was his yeah. First time. He got his very first uh, sea sea bug today. Yep. So he was happy. Pretty exciting for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we we had a big day, a big couple days, and uh, in in uh, like Sue said, we're gonna return return to Oz. Uh, we have we're tonight. We have. Yes. Ozma of Oz, chapters mm -hmm. seven and eight uh, to play, and of course we're going to hear uh, Jerry of the Circus part three tonight, and then we'll save our other uh, audio as a surprise for towards the end of the show. Yeah, um, a new serial, a new serial. You guys like that? 
You like well, the idea of a new serial coming on? Yeah, and there's not a lot of episodes, so you know this could be your one and only chance to to catch them all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, so are you ready? Shall we uh, get back into uh, Ozma of Oz? Do this. All right, here comes Chapter Seven. Chapter Seven of Ozma of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ozma of Oz by L. Frank Baum Chapter 7 Ozma of Oz to the Rescue Nanda brought Dorothy bread and water for her supper, and she slept upon a cold, hard couch with a single pillow and a silken coverlet. In the morning she leaned out of the window of her prison in the tower to see if there was any way to escape. The room was not so very high up when compared with our modern buildings, but it was far enough above the trees and farmhouses to give her a good view of the surrounding country. To the east she saw the forest, with the sands beyond it and the ocean beyond that. There was even a dark speck upon the shore that she thought might be the chicken coop in which she had arrived at this singular country. Then she looked to the north, and saw a deep but narrow valley lying between two rocky mountains, and a third mountain that shut off the valley at the further end. Westward the fertile land of Ev suddenly ended a little way from the palace, and the girl could see miles and miles of sandy desert that stretched further than her eyes could reach. It was this desert, she thought, with much interest, that alone separated her from the wonderful land of Oz, and she remembered sorrowfully that she had been told no one had ever been able to cross this dangerous waste but herself. Once a cyclone had carried her across it, and a magical pair of silver shoes had carried her back again. But now she had neither a cyclone nor silver shoes to assist her, and her condition was sad indeed, for she had become the prisoner of a disagreeable princess who insisted that she must exchange her head for another one that she was not used to, and which might not fit her at all. Really there seemed no hope of help for her from her old friends in the land of Oz. Thoughtfully she gazed from her narrow window, On all the desert not a living thing was stirring. Wait! Though something surely was stirring on the desert, something her eyes had not observed at first. Now it seemed like a cloud. Now it seemed like a spot of silver. Now it seemed to be a mass of rainbow colors that moved swiftly toward her. What could it be? she wondered. Then gradually, but in a brief space of time nevertheless... The vision drew near enough to Dorothy to make out what it was. A broad, green carpet was unrolling itself upon the desert, while advancing across the carpet was a wonderful procession that made the girl open her eyes in amazement as she gazed. First came a magnificent golden chariot drawn by a great lion and an immense tiger, who stood shoulder to shoulder and trotted along as gracefully as a well-matched team of thoroughbred horses. And standing upright within the chariot was a beautiful girl clothed in flowing robes of silver gauze and wearing a jeweled diadem upon her dainty head. She held in one hand the satin ribbons that guided her astonishing team, and in the other an ivory wand that separated at the top into two prongs, the prongs being tipped by the letters O 
and Z, made of glistening diamonds set closely together. The girl seemed neither older nor larger than Dorothy herself, and at once the prisoner in the tower guessed that the lovely driver of the chariot must be that Ozma of Oz of whom she had so lately heard from Tick-Tock. Following close behind the chariot, Dorothy saw her old friend the Scarecrow, riding calmly astride a wooden sawhorse, which pranced and trotted as naturally as any meat horse could have done. And then came Nick Chopper, the Tin Woodman, with his funnel-shaped cap tipped carelessly over his left ear, his gleaming axe over his right shoulder, and his whole body sparkling as brightly as it had ever done in the old days when first she knew him. The Tin Woodman was on foot, marching at the head of a company of twenty-seven soldiers, of whom some were lean and some fat, some short and some tall. But all the twenty-seven were dressed in handsome uniforms of various designs and colors, no two being alike in any respect. Behind the soldiers, the green carpet rolled itself up again so that there was always just enough of it for the procession to walk upon in order that their feet might not come in contact with the deadly, life-destroying sands of the desert. Dorothy knew at once it was a magic carpet she beheld, and her heart beat high with hope and joy as she realized she was soon to be rescued and allowed to greet her dearly beloved friends of Oz, the Scarecrow, the Tin Woodman, and the Cowardly Lion. Indeed, the girl felt herself as good as rescued as soon as she recognized those in the procession, for she well knew the courage and loyalty of her old comrades, and also believed that any others who came from their marvelous country would prove to be pleasant and reliable acquaintances. As soon as the last bit of desert was passed, and all the procession from the beautiful and dainty Ozma to the last soldier had reached the grassy meadows of the land of Ev, the magic carpet rolled itself together and entirely disappeared. Then the chariot driver turned her lion and tiger into a broad roadway, leading up to the palace, and the others followed while Dorothy still gazed from her tower window in eager excitement. They came quite close to the front door of the palace and then halted the scarecrow dismounting from his sawhorse to approach the sign fastened to the door that he might read what it said. Dorothy just above him could keep silent no longer. "'Here I am!' she shouted as loudly as she could. "'Here's Dorothy!' "'Dorothy who?' said the scarecrow, tipping his head to look upward until he nearly lost his balance and tumbled over backward. "'Dorothy Gale, of course, your friend from Kansas,' she answered. "'Why, hello, Dorothy,' said the Scarecrow. "'What in the world are you doing up there?' "'Nothing,' she called down. "'Because there's nothing to do. Save me, my friend, save me!' "'You seem to be quite safe now,' replied the Scarecrow. "'But I'm a prisoner. I'm locked in so that I can't get out,' she pleaded. "'That's all right,' said the Scarecrow. "'You might be worse off, little Dorothy. Just consider the matter.' You can't get drowned, or be run over by a wheeler, or fall out of an apple tree. Some folks would think they were lucky to be up there. Well, I don't, declared the girl. And I want to get down immediately and see you and the Tin Woodman and the Cowardly Lion. Very well, said the Scarecrow, nodding. It shall be just as you say, little friend. Who locked you up? The Princess Languideer, who is a horrid creature, she answered. At this, Ozma, who had been listening carefully to the conversation, called to Dorothy from her chariot, asking, "'Why did the princess lock you up, my dear?' "'Because,' exclaimed Dorothy, 
I wouldn't let her have my head for her collection and take an old cast-off head in exchange for it. I do not blame you, exclaimed Ozma promptly. I will see the princess at once and oblige her to liberate you. Oh, thank you very, very much, cried Dorothy, who, as soon as she had heard the sweet voice of the girlish ruler of Oz, knew that she would soon learn to love her dearly. Ozma now drove her chariot around to the third door of the wing, upon which the tin woodman boldly proceeded to knock. As soon as the maid opened the door, Ozma, bearing in her hand her ivory wand, stepped into the hall and made her way at once to the drawing-room, followed by all her company except the lion and the tiger. And the twenty-seven soldiers made such a noise and a clatter that the little maid Nanda ran away screaming to her mistress. Whereupon the Princess Langwider, roused to great anger by this rude invasion of her palace, came running into the drawing-room without any assistance whatever. There she stood before the slight and delicate form of the little girl from Oz, and cried out, How dare you enter my palace unbidden! Leave this room at once, or I will bind you and all your people in chains, and throw you into my darkest dungeons! What a dangerous lady! murmured the scarecrow in a soft voice. She seems a little nervous, replied the tin woodman. But Ozma only smiled at the angry princess. Sit down, please, she said quietly. I have traveled a long way to see you, and you must listen to what I have to say. Must, screamed the princess, her black eyes flashing with fury, for she still wore her number seventeen head. Must to me. To be sure, said Ozma. I am the ruler of the land of Oz, and I am powerful enough to destroy all your kingdom if I so wish. Yet I did not come here to do harm, but rather to free the royal family of Ev from the thrall of the Gnome King, the news having reached me that he is holding the queen and her children prisoners. Hearing these words, Langwider suddenly became quiet. I wish you could indeed free my aunt and her ten royal children she said eagerly, for if they were restored to their proper forms and station, they could rule the kingdom of Ev themselves, and that would save me a lot of worry and trouble. At present there are at least ten minutes every day that I must devote to affairs of state, and I would like to be able to spend my whole time in admiring my beautiful heads. Then we will presently discuss this matter, said Ozma, and try to find a way to liberate your aunt and cousins. But first you must liberate another prisoner, the girl you have locked up in your tower. Of course, said Langwider readily. I had forgotten all about her. That was yesterday, you know, and a princess cannot be expected to remember today what she did yesterday. Come with me and I will release the prisoner at once. So Ozma followed her and they passed up the stairs that led to the room in the tower. While they were gone, Ozma's followers remained in the drawing-room, and the scarecrow was leaning against a form that he had mistaken for a copper statue, when a harsh, metallic voice said suddenly in his ear, Get off my foot, please. You are scratching my polish. Oh, excuse me, he replied hastily drawing back. Are you alive? No, said Tick-Tock. I am only a machine but I can think and speak and act when I am properly wound up. Just now my action is run down, and Dorothy has the key to it. That's all right, replied the scarecrow. Dorothy will soon be free, and then she'll attend to your works. 
but it must be a great misfortune not to be alive. I am sorry for you. Why? asked Tick-Tock. Because you have no brains as I have, said the Scarecrow. Oh, yes, I have, returned Tick-Tock. I am fitted with Smith and Tinker's improved combination steel brains. They are what make me think. What sort of brains are you fitted with? I don't know, admitted the Scarecrow. They were given to me by the great Wizard of Oz, and I didn't get a chance to examine them before he put them in. But they work splendidly, and my conscience is very active. Have you a conscience? No, said Tick-Tock. And no heart, I suppose, added the Tin Woodman, who had been listening with interest to this conversation. No, said Tick-Tock. Then, continued the Tin Woodman, I regret to say that you are greatly inferior to my friend the Scarecrow and to myself, for we are both alive, and he has brains which do not need to be wound up, while I have an excellent heart that is continually beating in my bosom. I congratulate you, replied Tick-Tock. I cannot help being your inferior, for I am a mere machine. When I am wound up, I do my duty by doing just as my machinery is made to go. You have no idea how full of machinery I am. I can guess, said the Scarecrow, looking at the machine man curiously. Some day I'd like to take you apart and see just how you are made. Do not do that, I beg of you, said Tick-Tock, for you could not put me together again, and my usefulness would be destroyed. Oh, are you useful? asked the Scarecrow, surprised. Very, said Tick-Tock. In that case, the Scarecrow kindly promised, I won't fool with your interior at all, for I am a poor mechanic and might mix you up. Thank you, said Tick-Tock. Just then Ozma re-entered the room, leading Dorothy by the hand and followed closely by the Princess Langwider. End Chapter 7「Don't take TikTok apart. » Please don't. Yeah, I, um, I, d I do like how they kind of say, do you have a conscience? Are you alive? I mean, they're, they're kind of dealing with philosophy. Like, what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to have a conscience? I mean, they're just kind of skating on these big philosophical issues, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, you know, it's, um, it, it seems rudimentary and simple, but yeah, you're, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it is op helping open the thought processes for, for young adults into, uh, like you said, I, you know, I think it's my first um, morality and ethics jump into philosophical and uh, ethics, you know, a philosophical thought so yeah so uh I, why why are there not uh, you know i just see i always want to post a, a robot uh gif when we're talking about tiktok but i don't think it's appropriate because he's not really a robot 
He's not really a robot. He's clockwork. But the thing is, it's like if you search for TikTok on memes, you're just gonna find things on the app. For, yeah, exactly. Oh, so that's gonna which be is exactly what we want. Out of the water. We want some teenager twerking in our faces. Um, exactly. Yeah. So um, you know. Thanks for stealing that name, but um, TikTok. Bastards. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> they do that stuff. Uh, oh, TikTok. We got Foxfire with a TikTok reaction. There we go. Mm. Don't take them apart. So, uh, but yeah. So, so that was that was uh that was fun. We're getting the the we're putting the band back together again. Yeah, and uh, just as Dorothy's thinking, no one's ever crossed the desert. Bang! She looks up. There they are, crossing the desert on a green carpet. Wow. Green magical carpet over the... But the deadly desert will cha- will um, turn change, you into sand if you touched it'll, it. It'll change a man. I mean, it'll turn you into sand. <laughs> it's, it's magic. It's scary. I know. I'm just... I'm just you know, the, the desert will change a man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know that, that old cornball shit. No. No, never. War will change a man. The desert will yeah. change a man. The jungle will sure change will. a man. <laughs> yep, it sure will. Fatherhood will change a man. Um, That's for sure. Yeah, true. Your jokes get true. worse. I didn't even have to become a dad to, to for my jokes to become worse as I got older. No, you didn't. <laughs> Well, um, just something that naturally happens to a man. Yeah, yeah. Say, say, time changes a man. Um, but uh, well, before we get into uh, part uh, uh, chapter eight of uh, Ozma of Oz, I, I have a special special treat. I made a couple extra breaks for us tonight. Ooh, I haven't and, heard them yet. I'm um, so yeah, it's fun. I I, I have a. I started a while ago when we were talking about doing uh, the cereals for breakfast show. Um, I started collecting cereal commercials, and yeah. and I know you love you some cereal commercials. I and mean, there's a couple of your favorites in in these, and cool. some filler. <laughs> uh, but uh, filler isn't cere- cereal is just kind of filler? Tennessee, why are you in the bag? He's in. Oh my god. Never mind. What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he he's doing? in the, he's in the bag of new VHS tapes that we're sorting through, and then there's another oh, bag. That, no. Another bag he had his head in. Um, this eBay store is not from a cat-free home. No. No. Not at all. So, nope. all right, here we go. Here's going to be our first break for Susan's birthday. Um, a Yay. little audio gift of uh, some fun, wacky uh, cereal commercials from the days, from days past. We'll be right back. Yes, Mr. LaFoot, this is the crunchiest mixture ever made. Good. Hello, Captain Crunch. Now, I, Jean LaFoot, challenge you to a crunching contest. But LaFoot, nothing's crunchier than Captain Crunch cereal. It's sweet and delicious, made of corn and oats with two kinds of sugar, and it's made crunchy to stay crunchy even after you pour on the milk. What can possibly match it? My own cereal. 
Hoochie. Uh, gentlemen, take three paces, turn, and crunch. One, two, three, turn. The winner is Captain Crunch cereal. Yay! And this stuff tastes awful. It is crunchy, though. What's it made of? Eggshell, celery sticks, and just a pinch of blackboard chunk. <laughs> Sorry, Lefoot. What I can't stand is this crunchier than thou attitude. Get Captain Crunch cereal from Quaker. When a fruit and cereal lover finishes that last piece of fruit, she's finished. That's why Post makes Raisin Bran with so many sweet, chewy raisins. She can get fruit in her first spoonful, her next spoonful, and her next. The way Post makes Raisin Bran, she can get fruit in every spoonful and never have to run out. No wonder Post Raisin Bran is the fruit and cereal lover's cereal. Say good morning with a big old speck. Dig em. Just one breakfast starts like that. Kellogg's Sugar Specs. Dig em. Toasted wheat plus eight good vitamins. Kellogg's Sugar Specs. Dig em. I dig Sugar Smacks. <laughs> What's wrong with that frog's airplane? Engine croak. <laughs> They're part of your good breakfast. Kellogg's Sugar Specs. That's a dig em smack. Don't be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel, here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Boy, working in a Fruity Pebbles factory is beautiful, fruity This morning, I had this desire for something fruity. I came to work and I'm surrounded by Fruity Pebbles. Beautiful, fruity Fruity Pebbles. The ever-dever fruity do. On my work break, I have a good breakfast featuring Post Fruity Pebbles cereal. Fred, I got this desire for something fruity. Have Fruity Pebbles, Barney. Oh, Fred, Fruity Pebbles are beautiful, fruitiful. <laughs> the ever-dever fruity do. What's this stuff? Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Regular, cinnamon, and raisin life. Nutritious, delicious. This is the story of the Freakies and their perilous search for a home. The leader of the Freakies was the fearless Boss Moss. Whenever the Freakies had a problem, they ran to Boss Moss. We're afraid. I understand exactly how you fail. <laughs> he never solved the problem, but he was always understanding. At last, they came upon a wonderful tree, which grew their favorite cereal, Freakies. Day. Every morning, the cereal would ripen in the sun, becoming toasty and sugary and golden with vitamins. What are you, scavenger or something? And they knew they had found a home. <laughs> oh! Hmm, I wonder what the taxes are like here. Freakies is part of a good breakfast, and you get a free freaky magnet in specially marked boxes. Figured you'd be happy I threw a Freakies one in there for you. I did. I did enjoy that very much. Oh, yeah. I did enjoy the 
Life Cereal. I also enjoyed Life Cereal as a child. And the other one. Um, Captain Crunch? Captain Crunch. Loved me some Captain Crunch as a child. Yeah. We buy, every once in a while, we will buy, like, a junk cereal and, uh, you know. We, we just had a, a box of life. That was one of our last indulgences. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, the, it's the cereal that's good for you. It's yeah. good for you. I'm uh I'm a I'm the re resident raisin brand fan. Suze isn't that big of a fan. That's why you got tons of it. Yeah. Two boxes of it. Good luck with that. Have post post raisin brand is superior to Kellogg's raisin brand, by the way. Yeah. Uh, okay, although, raisin brand reviewer. I used to be creeped out in the '70s, though, like when somebody'd get to the bottom of their bowl, like those commercials where there was a sad little kid eating breakfast with their grandparent or whatever. And then the grandparent would, like, save the last raisin for the sad-looking kid and give him the raisin. And I'm like, okay, that raisin has all your backwash over it, all over it. You're not really oh. you're not really doing a, a solid for that kid right there. That kid loved that milk-soaked, spit-soaked raisin. <laughs> he loved that. So, it tastes like grandpa's those... spit. <laughs> It tastes like spit. tastes like mothballs and Werther's originals. Um, oh. uh, <laughs> Avon <disturbing>. perfume. <laughs> Got one up. Susan, Susan always says that. <laughs> it's so disturbing. Tastes like so Avon disturbing. perfume out of those little bottles that were like ladies in dresses. Uh, oh yeah, I had tons of those <laughs> as a child. My grandma gave me all of hers. Or a or collection of them, or or the ones that the cologne you give to granddad that that's it's like aftershave in a little car, and and you know yeah. you twist the front of the car off and it's like oh gosh, so tacky. Um, granddad would never wear that. He would wear Old Spice and Florida water. Granddad smelled like Florida water. Oh, this yeah. I didn't know. So I think so. Florida water is actually a, it, it is actually a toiletry. It's a Florida water and Old Crow whiskey. That ah. was Granddad, all right, and tobacco. Yeah. yeah, the Traveler, Old Crow Traveler, which means it was a kind of a rectangular flat bottle that slid easily under your front seat of your car. Um, so you could have some alcohol while you're driving on the road. Yeah. And the cops right. wouldn't would be none the wiser unless they smelled. The cops you. would say, "Oh, there's old man so and so. He's drunk to the to the dude the gills." Let old man, go. old crow. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, I thought that would be a fun treat. Uh, like I said, I tried to find yeah. a couple. You know, have a little little fun for you on your birthday. Um, little nostalgia, whatnot. And, uh, you know, again, commercials from all eras. Uh, not yeah, all we're eras. disturbing. We're disturbing Foxfire with the raisin backwash. <laughs> it's nasty. <laughs> She's like, no, no, this isn't right in the chat room. And, and you're right. It's not. Sorry. It sorry. I heard it we'll through the grapevine. We'll keep it away. Line. We'll keep it away from you. Yeah. Sorry. I, I heard that. The ugly through... world where I grandpa heard... has backwash. I heard that one through the grapevine. So I'm sorry. Yeah. That's never happened. Anyway, get it. This is, um, I heard it through the grapevine. We're talking about. Oh no! <laughs> now he's putting the California raisins memes out. You know, 
Uh, I worked for Hardee's when the California Raisins had figures at Hardee's in the 80s. And I sold them. And that's the last I thought I would ever see of those. But now they're back in meme form. Uh, I eat it through the grapevine. The kids that know about memes weren't even alive when that stuff was out. <laughs> I mean, they uh, weren't even thought of. I'm just, uh, I'm just laughing because <laughs> Foxfire says she always thought the <laughs> California raisins looked like dancing turds. Well, if they were, uh, if if the the coloration was slightly different, uh, they could have easily, uh, yeah. That's the that is something that you can redo. Redo that meme. Sure. Make sure. those California raisins dance. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, all disturbing. It's all disturbing. All right. But um, yeah, Chat. I like cereal. I mm -hmm. like uh, philosophical Oz questions. We're gonna go back to Oz. Yeah. Uh, we have chapter eight cool. of Ozma of Oz, and that'll conclude our cool. uh, Oz for the evening until we resume next week. So here's chapter all right. eight. Chapter eight of Ozma of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ozma of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 8. The Hungry Tiger. The first thing Dorothy did was to rush into the embrace of the scarecrow, whose painted face beamed with delight as he pressed her form to his straw-padded bosom. Then the tin woodman embraced her very gently, for he knew his tin arms might hurt her if he squeezed too roughly. These greetings having been exchanged, Dorothy took the key to Tick-Tock from her pocket and wound up the machine man's action so that he could bow properly when introduced to the rest of the company. While doing this, she told them how useful Tick-Tock had been to her, and both the scarecrow and the tin woodman shook hands with the machine once more and thanked him for protecting their friend. Then Dorothy asked, Where's Belina? I don't know, said the scarecrow. Who is Belina? She's a yellow hen who is another friend of mine, answered the girl anxiously. I wonder what has become of her. She is in the chicken house in the back yard, said the princess. My drawing room is no place for hens. Without waiting to hear more, Dorothy ran to get Belina, and just outside the door she came upon the cowardly lion, still hitched to the chariot beside the great tiger. The cowardly lion had a big bow of blue ribbon fastened to the long hair between his ears, and the tiger wore a bow of red ribbon on his tail just in front of the bushy end. In an instant, Dorothy was hugging the huge lion joyfully. I'm so glad to see you again, she cried. I am also glad to see you, Dorothy, said the lion. We've had some fine adventures together, haven't we? Yes, indeed, she replied. How are you? As cowardly as ever. The beast answered in a meek voice. Every little thing scares me and makes my heart beat fast. But let me introduce you to a new friend of mine, the Hungry Tiger. Oh, are you hungry? 
she asked, turning to the other beast, who was just then yawning so widely that he displayed two rows of terrible teeth and a mouth big enough to startle anyone. Dreadfully hungry, answered the tiger, snapping his jaws together with a fierce click. Then why don't you eat something? she asked. I've tried that, said the tiger sadly, but I always get hungry again. Why, it is the same with me, said Dorothy, yet I keep on eating. But you eat harmless things, so it doesn't matter, replied the tiger. For my part, I'm a savage beast, and I have an appetite for all sorts of poor little living creatures, from a chipmunk to fat babies. How dreadful, said Dorothy. Isn't it, though, returned the hungry lion, licking his lips with his long red tongue. Fat babies. Don't they sound delicious? But I've never eaten any, because my conscience tells me it's wrong. If I had no conscience, I would probably eat the babies and then get hungry again, which would mean that I had sacrificed the poor babies for nothing. No, hungry I was born, and hungry I shall die. But I'll not have any cruel deeds on my conscience to be sorry for. I think you are a very good tiger, said Dorothy, patting the huge head of the beast. In that you are mistaken, was the reply. I am a good beast, perhaps, but a dreadfully bad tiger. For it is the nature of tigers to be cruel and ferocious. And in refusing to eat harmless living creatures, I am acting as no good tiger has ever before acted. That is why I left the forest and joined my friend the cowardly lion. But the lion is not really cowardly, said Dorothy. I have seen him act as bravely as can be. All a mistake, my dear, protested the lion gravely. To others I may have seemed brave, at times. But I have never been in any danger that I was not afraid. Nor I, said Dorothy truthfully. But I must go and set free Bellina, and then I will see you again. She ran around to the back yard of the palace and soon found the chicken house, being guided to it by a loud cackling and crowing and a distracting hubbub of sounds such as chickens make when they are excited. Something seemed to be wrong in the chicken house, and when Dorothy looked through the slats in the door, she saw a group of hens and roosters huddled in one corner and watching what appeared to be a whirling ball of feathers. It bounded here and there about the chicken house, and at first Dorothy could not tell what it was, while the screeching of the chickens nearly deafened her. But suddenly the bunch of feathers stopped whirling, and then, to her amazement, the girl saw Bellina crouching upon the prostrate form of a speckled rooster. For an instant they both remained motionless, and then the yellow hen shook her wings to settle the feathers, and walked toward the door with a strut of proud defiance and a cluck of victory, while the speckled rooster limped away to the group of other chickens trailing his crumpled plumage in the dust as he went. "'Why, Bellina!' cried Dorothy in a shocked voice. "'Have you been fighting?' "'I really think I have,' retorted Bellina. "'Do you think I'd let that speckled villain of a rooster lord it over me?' and claim to run his chicken house as long as I'm able to peck and scratch. Not if my name is Bill. It isn't Bill, it's Bellina, and you're talking slang which is very undignified, said Dorothy reprovingly. 
Come here, Belina, and I'll let you out, for Ozma of Oz is here and has set us free. So the yellow hen came to the door, which Dorothy unlatched for her to pass through, and the other chickens silently watched them from their corner without offering to approach nearer. The girl lifted her friend in her arms and exclaimed, Oh, Belina, how dreadful you look! You've lost a lot of feathers, and one of your eyes is nearly pecked out, and your comb is bleeding. Well, that's nothing, said Belina. Just look at the speckled rooster. Didn't I do him up brown, Burka? Dorothy shook her head. I don't approve of this at all, she said, carrying Belina away toward the palace. It isn't a good thing for you to associate with those common chickens. They would soon spoil your good manners, and you wouldn't be respectable any more. I didn't ask to associate with them, replied Belina. It is that cross old princess who is to blame, but I was raised in the United States, and I won't allow any one-horse chicken of the land of Ev to run over me and put on airs as long as I can lift a claw in self-defense. Very well, Belina, said Dorothy. We won't talk about it any more. Soon they came to the cowardly lion and the hungry tiger, to whom the girl introduced the yellow hen. "'Glad to meet any friend of Dorothy's,' said the lion politely. "'To judge by your present appearance, you are not a coward, as I am.' "'Your present appearance makes my mouth water,' said the tiger, looking at Belina greedily. "'My, my, how good you would taste if I could only crunch you between my jaws. "'But don't worry, you would only appease my appetite for a moment.' So it isn't worthwhile to eat you. Thank you, said the hen, nestling closer in Dorothy's arms. Besides, it wouldn't be right, continued the tiger, looking steadily at Bellina and clicking his jaws together. Of course not, cried Dorothy hastily. Bellina is my friend, and you mustn't ever eat her under any circumstances. I'll try to remember that, said the tiger, but I'm a little absent-minded at times. Then Dorothy carried her pet into the drawing-room of the palace, where Tick-Tock, being invited to do so by Ozma, had seated himself between the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman. Opposite to them sat Ozma herself and the Princess Langwider, and beside them there was a vacant chair for Dorothy. Around this important group was ranged the Army of Oz, and as Dorothy looked at the handsome uniforms of the Twenty-Seven, she said, Why, they seem to be all officers. They are... All except one, answered the Tin Woodman. I have in my army eight generals, six colonels, seven majors, and five captains, besides one private for them to command. I'd like to promote the private, for I believe no private should ever be in public life. And I've also noticed that Officers usually fight better, and are more reliable than common soldiers. Besides, the officers are more important-looking, and lend dignity to our army. No doubt you are right, said Dorothy, seating herself beside Ozma. And now, announced the girlish ruler of Oz, we will hold a solemn conference to decide the best manner of liberating the royal family of this fair land of Ev from their long imprisonment. End chapter 8 Oh, so 
we're just introducing everyone and and talking and and I think well Dorothy's already been freed, so that's good. I I, I love how Belina's like this ultra patriot. <laughs> yeah. I'm an American chicken. I'm an American chicken. You can't talk to me like that. Which I think is 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 kind of funny because it, it, to me that says that uh, Baum was almost like saying, "Yeah, even in America, the chickens think they're tough." Yeah. You know? Well, also standard ugly American yeah. getting in a fight. Sure. You're not looking. Yeah, Belina. I had a friend like that that she would get into a fight every time I wasn't watching her. She was like my pit, pit bull that would constantly get off its leash and get in a fight. But yeah, ugly American. I think I think that's what that's what he's talking about. The but yeah, yeah. I I I think he's he's edging into that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that was uh, that that was interesting. You know, this is uh. I, I, you know, again, he's not afraid to kind of do the, um, you know, to get into the, the, the politics of, um, yeah. Oh, he, he throws in politics, but it's, it's interesting also that they go in, Ozma basically says to the ruler, Hey, I want to rescue the rest of your family. And she says, that sounds great for me. Cause I don't want to rule. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Okay. Uh, she'd rather look at herself in the mirror. Um, fine, so she's going to try to, uh, yeah, get the the uh, the royal family of Ev, which is one of my favorite Oz stories for some reason. I I really just like it. I think you will too. But um, he's gonna she's gonna try to get them away from the Gnome King. But um, she brings with her an army filled with a whole bunch of people uh, with one private soldier and the rest are. Are just soldiers that are, you know, colonels and generals, and oh. only one private. <laughs> is but the private, uh, you know, is luckily the she's in, already. Hmm? Is the private in charge of them all? No, the private is the only one that they're all controlling. They're all. Oh God! They're all leading him. Yeah. So, so basically, she has twenty. I think twenty-six or twenty, twenty-eight people in this army, and they're all generals and colonels and so they don't one have to, private they don't have to get their hands dirty they uh exactly they, they have one i, guy I think to it's another one of those work. things where you know she's just like doesn't quite know how to run an army or what an army is so she's just like let's give everybody a title you know well and it also is you know the idea behind the, the you know the bureaucracy of a military exactly and exactly you know so yeah and it, so. i don't think they're gonna have to fight thank goodness but uh it would be fun to have a whole army of people where there's one private and all the rest are colonels lieutenants generals bickering know. over strategy yeah exactly but here we are again um in this strange little world but um i'm looking forward to meeting the gnome king and uh, and you finding out how the, the royal family of Ev has been put into not not jail, but uh, they've been sequestered, imprisoned. Uh, it's interesting. 
Yeah. Well, I, I did. I did like right. the appearance of Christian Bale in here as the the oh. uh, tiger. Yeah, as the so. the hungry tiger. That was an interesting voice, isn't it? I never heard a voice. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty good voice for him. He's yeah. He's pretty evil sounding, but pretty sweet. You know, whereas I'm not wearing hockey pads. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the cowardly lion is completely to be not frightened of the hungry tiger oh my god he's kind of scary he just talks about eating fat babies i want to eat that fat baby yeah yeah that's I, pretty scary yeah so <laughs> he's a nice guy and then we're dealing once again with the subject of conscience he doesn't do it because he has a conscience what what's going on with that? Like it's kind of a philosophical, like this this character that constantly wants to murder, mm-hmm. which I feel is a familiar thing because I have four cats in my house. Yeah. They constantly want to murder, but there's nothing like if, for them to if murder. If our cats could talk, yeah, they would just talk about murder. Tennessee'd be like, "I want to eat that kibble. fat squirrel." Yeah, that's what he would say all the time. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, interesting philosophical questions going on. In Ozma of Oz, yeah, chapter eight and seven, right? Yeah, that was chapter chapters seven and eight. Um, Excellent. So on we go. Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to that next week. And uh, I'll tell you what, since we have three more things to play uh, in the last hour, why don't we go ahead and go to the break now, and. We'll get things set up, and we'll have plenty of time to make sure we hear everything. Because we're going back to the circus, everybody. Woo-hoo. See what's going Jerry on with in the circus with Jerry and his dog. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. Um, let's see. We'll be right back with more. What's the name of the show, Suze? Time for go to bed. Time for go to bed. Susan. Well, she might be going after another half a cupcake. <laughs> they were quite delightful looking. I know there's a salted caramel one there that has uh, half of my name on it. I'm so stuffed from our seafood feast, though. I don't know if I'll be able to. No, stuffed like a seafood feast. Oh my gosh. And it's kiddo time coming up. Maybe. Soon. Can't oh. wait to see where, where kiddo's going. Up to. Can't wait for my next coloring assignment for our show art from our good friend Foxfire505, resident kiddo guru. 
be hard to to beat kiddo hanging out with TikTok though. Well, making a three-headed TikTok. Kiddo makes everything awesome. better, really. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. But just uh, to um, show people that are maybe listening to the podcast that don't have our Discord channel, we have a Discord channel. And the Discord channel. <laughs> oh my. Uh, yes, a, a, a character called Kiddo, who is a three-headed sea monster and interacts with the stories we're telling. And uh, right now, he, the princess, what's her name, Lang? Uh, Languideers? Languideers, Langwiders? yes. He, he's I don't trying know. to donate one of his heads to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. It She's in the, the princess's boudoir. Kindo, uh, Kiddo invades princess... Languideer's Boudoir, where she keeps her various heads for the land of Ev. And, uh. Oh, kiddo. He's so That's cute. adorable. So, yeah. excellent job, as always. He's taking up the 18, 19, and 20 slots uh, of her heads. Yeah. So. He's up to no good. Yeah. He's so great. fun. Great. Brilliant great stuff, guy. as always, Foxfire. Thank you for that. So, by the way, I'm, I will tease this. The new thing that we're playing, I listened to a little bit today, just to make sure the audio levels were good and the audio quality was good. Uh, the name Kiddo is... They, they, they Somebody calls somebody Kiddo. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny. But uh, yeah. there we go. So, um, uh, are we ready to uh, uh, get right into it with the Jerry... Jerry of the, the circus. circus. Let's go. All right, here's Jerry of the up. Circus, part three. Thank you again, Foxfire. That's magnificent. Jerry of the Circus. Jerry of the Circus. Goodbye, Rags. Now you stay quietly in this wagon and behave yourself. Now, no use wagging your tail. I won't take you along. But I'll be right back after the show. Now be a good dog. That's right, Flossie. Keep going there, girl. Hey, out of the way, buddy. Sorry, mister. Golly, those horses are beautiful. <laughs> they sure are. Yeah, watch them get in the step before they even get near the big top. Say, you're the kid Randall took on this afternoon, aren't you? Yeah. He said he had a kid to help with the water. Hey, why don't you go on into the horse tent and get acquainted with Whitey? He's the head man. Thanks. Sure it's all right? Yeah, it'll be okay. This is a good time to see him while those Rosenbecks are working. Well, so long, kid.
Oh, hello there. Oh, are you Whitey? Well, that's what they call me around here. Uh, I'm Jerry. Yeah? Mr. Randall said I was to help you, you know, carry water. Oh, yeah. Mm, so you're the boy. Know anything about horses? Well, I, I helped Dad take care of a string of them for a couple of years out in Arizona. Yeah? Pretty mare over there. Yeah. That's her colt, huh? Cute, isn't he? How old is he? About three months. Oh, there, lady. Take it easy. Hey, there. She'll break loose if she doesn't stop churning around so. Hmm, wonder what's got into that mare. Maybe I'm quieter, Whitey. Nice lady. What's the matter, lady, huh? <laughs> Put your nose in your throat for trying to push him right out of the stall. Hmm, looks as if she wants to get rid of that cold, all right. I can see you understand horse talk, sonny. Shall I take the cold away? Yeah, that's a good idea. T tie her up there in that empty stall, way down at the far end. Okay. Kind of frisky, aren't you? Hey, what's his name, Whitey? Uh, Splendor. Uh, all right, Splendor. Here you go. Find this empty stall. Take it easy there. Gee, you're a pretty pony. Uh, say, Jerry, when you finish tying up that coat, you better run along. That horse opry's about over, and I'll be busy and I'll get out when those Rosenbecks come back. Okay, Whitey. Is the mare all right now? Well, uh, she's a little better, but still pretty nervous. Uh, funny, she never acted like that before. Uh, thanks, Jerry, for helping. Oh, that's nothing. Now, you be sure and report early in the morning. As soon as the horse tops up, I'll have plenty of work for you. Okay, Whitey. Guess I'll go back to the big top and see the rest of the show. Night. Mm, so long, Jerry. Well, hello there, Jerry, my boy. Where you been? I've been looking for you. Oh, hello, Bumps. I locked rags up in the wagon, and then I met my new boss. Oh, you mean Whitey? Yeah, he's nice, isn't he? Sure is. You'll get along with him just fine. Uh, say, Bumps, uh... Mm, oh, well, Jerry? I, I, I feel terrible about rags. I, I'm sorry he followed you into the ring like he did. Well, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, that's what I wanted to see you about, Jerry. Uh, I've been talking to Mr. Randall. Gee whiz. He isn't sore, is he? No, no, not this time. We uh, just kind of figured the circus kind of got in Rags' blood. That's it. You know, the only time Rags ever ran away in his whole life was when a band came through town. He's crazy about band music. Oh, well, that's well. That's going to work out perfect. What? Uh, what would you think of letting Rags work? Work? In my act. No. Oh, Bob. Well, why not? You really mean it? Sure. I think Rags and I understand each other pretty well. Oh, gee, Bumps. Honestly, I'm so excited I can hardly... Golly, imagine Rags a real circus trick dog. Yeah. Hey, ought to be worth a little money to you, too, Jerry. I'll have to speak to Mr. Randall about that. Ah, oh, gee, Bumps, that's swell of you. Hey, hey, Jerry, look. They're bringing the lions back. Jason's just finished his act. You see him over there? They're taking the lions and tigers out of the big cage and putting them back in the animal wagon. Gee, isn't that exciting, Bumps? Jason sure must be a brave man. Wish I could be a wild animal trainer. Oh, oh, oh. So looks as if you'd like to be a three-ring circus all by yourself. <laughs> oh, here comes Jason now. Boy, doesn't he look keen in that uniform? Yeah, he's a handsome man, all right. Oh, oh, Jason. Uh, say, Jason. Oh, hello, Bumps. Uh, come here. I want you to meet a friend of mine. This is Jerry Dugan, Jason. Hello, young fella. Glad to meet you. Gee, me too. <laughs> Jerry here thinks he'd like to take up wild animal training. Well, we might get around to that someday, Jerry. 
Whenever you see me putting the tigers through their tricks, drop around and watch. That's the way I started. You did? You mean you can learn to train wild animals just from watching? Well, now, maybe it isn't quite that easy, but you can learn a whole lot from observation. Well, tell me exactly how you did start, will you? Weren't you afraid the first time you went into a cage with a lion? Well, not exactly. You see, Jerry, I didn't start with lions. No? No, sir. The first animal I taught trick tricks to was a cat. Oh, you mean a tiger, huh? <laughs> no, Jerry, not that kind of a cat. I mean a plain old alley cat. Golly, that's not a wild animal. There isn't any danger to teach a plain old cat trick. Mm, that's right, Jerry. But there's plenty to learn with a domestic animal before you take up with the wild ones. You have to learn patience and plenty of it. You have to learn to keep cool and level-headed. Even though it takes hours to teach one little trick, you have to be calm and never let the animal know you're excited. No, you see, Jerry, there's a lot more to it than just cracking a whip and being brave. Gee, I'll say there is. Now, do you still think you'd like to learn to be an animal trainer? Uh-huh, because I already know how to train domestic animals. You do? Sure, I taught Rags most of the tricks he knows. Rags? Who's Rags? Oh, you haven't seen him yet. Well, Rags is my dog. Yeah, and a mighty fine dog, too, Jason. I guess as friendly a little fellow as I've ever seen. Well, fine. Then you're one up on me, Jerry. I guess you're about ready to start on leopards and tigers now. Oh, no. But I would like to see if I could get friendly with a little lion cub sometime. Well, we'll see. You seem to like animals pretty well. And that's the first step to being a trainer. Hey, quiet! All you guys not working, get over to the horse top, quick! There's a fire and the horses are stampeding! Fire! Fire in the horse top! Hey, get those fucking fire in the horse top! Bumps, that's what was wrong. Uh, what was wrong, Jerry? That mare. She must have smelled the smoke. Horses sense most things before we do. She was having a fit. That's why she wanted to get her cold out. She knew there was a fire starting. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Jerry, but we'd better get moving. They'll be short-handed over there. Mm, it's a bad night for a fire with that wind coming up. Gee, you can see the blaze from here. Lucky most of the horses are still working. Every man grab a bucket. What are all the men getting in line for? Uh, they're forming a fire brigade. Get all the buckets from the masthead. That's so they can pass the buckets of water up to the fire quick, Jerry. And the other line over there is to pass the empty buckets back to get them filled again. Say, what about getting the elephants to help spray water on the fire? Elephants? Good idea. How'd you happen to think of that? Dad told me about saving the whole surface that way. It's a swell idea. I'll see about getting the elephants, Jerry. Listen to those poor horses, poor things. Hey, Jason, uh, give me a hand with these Arabians. Let me help, too. Well, Jerry, uh, you run over to that box right outside the entrance and grab some of that canvas. Okay. And tear it up in strips and bring it back here. We have to blindfold those horses if we're going to lead them through the flames. Hurry up now. Okay, I'll be right back. Here comes Bumps with the elephants. My golly, that's a swell idea. Look at those elephants spray water on that fire. <laughs> I guess those trunks are good for something besides grabbing peanuts after no, all. I'm afraid it's too late to do much good. That main pole's almost burnt through now. Oh, good for you, Jerry. Come on, Jason. Uh, quick, I think we can get them all out in one trip. Clear that tent. She's got a cave in. Did they get all the horses out? All but the Arabians. Why, he's bringing them out now. Look, there he comes, and there's Jason. They got them all. Whitey. Hey, Whitey, did you get the coat? Remember, I tied him down in the forest stall. Oh, gosh, I forgot about that coat. Oh, Jerry, don't go into that blazing tent. Oh, it'll fall in on you. It's too late to save that coat now. Here, you stay away from that top. Take your hands off of me, Whitey. Let me get that coat. That's right, Whitey. Hang on to Jerry. I'll get the coat. It's too late, Jason. The tent's caving in now. No, I can make it. Hey, you with that bucket, throw that water on me. I'm going in that tent. Jason, you can't make oh, it. Oh, there you are, Jerry. We got those elephants a little too late. Bob's Jason went into the tent. Look, there it goes. Why doesn't Jason come out? There he is. Where? 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 Right there in the smoke by the entrance. See him? 
And he's got the cold. Oh, I can't believe it. Jason, you did it. See, poor little pony. Scared to death, aren't you? Well, Jerry, I guess that's all. I could do with a bath. Golly, man. Are you hurt? No, but I'd take a cage of tigers in preference to a fire any day. Oh, thanks, Jason. I'll never forget this. Well, here come the boys with the fire extinguishers. They'll handle it from now on. Oh, sure. Yeah, they'll get it under control, all right. Oh, gee whiz, it's almost 11. i got to get back for the finale. And I better go get rags. You'll be scared stiff with all this noise and smoke. I'll go along with you, Bumps, as far as the wagon. Yeah, okay, Jerry, but hurry now. I'll be back and help you, Whitey, as soon as I get my dog. Hey, you know, Jerry, that's the first fire we've had in over five years. It's lucky all the horses were saved. Golly, wasn't Jason wonderful? Yeah, it takes a brave man to handle lions, Jerry. Wasn't he ever hurt, Bumps? Well, I guess if you'd call being clawed by wild animals being hurt, <laughs> he's had his share. Then he has been clawed, huh? Oh, plenty of times. But it doesn't seem to put any fear into him. He always figures it's his fault when something goes wrong and one of the animals gets at him. And he goes right back into the cage with the same animal that clawed him, huh? Yep. After a lot of stitches and a short stay in the hospital, he goes right into the steel with his cats again. The steel? What do you mean, Bumps? Oh, oh, well, uh, the steel, Jerry, is the big cage in the center ring where Jason puts on his act. Oh, well, I, I thought that was a cage. Mm, well, yeah, that's what it really is. But around the circus, you'll find we have a lot of different names for things. Bumps, look it. Hmm? What? The door to our wagon. It's open. Well, what of it? But I left Rags there. Rags? Rags? Rags, where are you? Bumps! He's gone. Rags is gone. I'll tell you what happened, see? Well, this music is going on and on. We got a lot of different names for things around the circus here. Well, around the circus, somebody lit a fire. And when that fire was lit, somebody stole rags. That's right, somebody's got a grudge against rags. I don't know who that could be. Oh, wait, the knife oh, wait. thrower. <laughs> yeah, the guy that got bitten. Oh, yeah. I'll kill that little dog. Um, the last thing I do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's he's the very he's the wicked witch of this story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, what did you think? I, I thought that was pretty fun, you know. And it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> gosh, what a good looking man he is. He sure is brave. Oh my. Yes. Oh so, my. Little uh, little tension you going saved on. Save that there. colt. Save that colt. Lickety split. Yeah. Yep. So, but now I think this is a pretty fun, uh, a fun, you know, a serial. You know, yeah. as uh, as long as I keep remembering to trim the music down on it, because uh, uh, I'm it, just gonna talk over it. That's fine. Well, I trimmed I like it down on this one. So oh, yeah. You know, um, I'll, I'll keep it in there if you want me to. If you want a whole like two, three minutes at the beginning and two, three minutes at the end. So, no, no, I just you know listen to it for a little bit and then I can talk yeah. over it, but. We've got horses, we've got fire, we've got dogs being stolen, we've got lots of excitement. 
Those trunks are more useful for more than just picking up peanuts. Mm-hmm. Those elephants were stopping that fire. Well, we got to them a little too late this time, but that colt, thankfully the colt was saved. But Rags is missing. Rags. Yeah, Rags is missing. I hope. That's I wonder if right. our listening audience is worried about Rags, and if this will be the first or last time that Rags will be in peril. He was almost poisoned last week. Yeah, yeah. So some poison meat. Any old rags and bones. Any old rags and bones. Um, yeah. So rags, rags is a rags is a good boy. Uh, but it's a fake dog. It's voiced by a human. Yeah. So there's no lassie, that's for sure. So, but uh, not every not every production could afford a real dog. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm kidding, because you know you actually. You can pay somebody could... to be a dog and make dog noises instead of just squeezing a dog to get it to bark every time. Well, or training a dog to get it to bark. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know how you do that. I don't know, but did you like that? That that the uh, that Jason was that his name? He he trained domestic cats first to do yeah. tricks. That's great. So. It's a great learning lesson of lessons. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this seems like a kind of a socially irresponsible show from back in the day. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, they kind of keep Jerry out of a little bit of danger, but you know, it's, uh, he, they still have him, you know, kind of helping with the fire brigade, um, yeah. which is, you know, something that, you know, they, uh, you know, child protective services would probably frown upon today. Well, I mean, Child Protective Services would probably place the child in another home, just not let him go to some friends in the circus, you know? Yeah. Also, And then uh, again, true. before Child Protective Services was a, 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 around, there was more of a, there was less of an adoption glut. There yeah. were orphanages, so it would be better for the kid to go to... I mean, did Dad write up a will? I don't know. You know no, he's I mean, just like... All Ah, dear Go to circus. The circus. They'll take care of you. Dear circus, take care of my boy. I'm now I die. I died. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that'd keep things a lot that's more it goes. simple. Go on, yeah. kid, find the circus. They'll know me. Yeah, we, so, that's uh, where you go. That's right. Isn't this great, voice? We can keep doing this all night. Oh, sure. We can come up with different oh. names for things in the circus. <laughs> <laughs> you might learn a few Firefox terms like squeezing it. the dog to make it bark. <laughs> well, this is called an old-fashioned son. Do you know what that is? No, no, no. Stop. Now stop. Have you ever seen a... <laughs> Barton, Timmy? You ever seen a gladiator hey. movie? Um, you ever seen a gladiator movie, Timmy? Yeah, I'm playing... Yeah. Airplane, that's funny. Anyway, we that's not appropriate. Well, um, I'll tell you what, we, um, uh, we have I, another I chapter of that, or no, no, that? that's that's all we're it's just done. doing. There's okay. not a lot of them, so it'll be best to stretch them out, you know, okay, one cool. one per show. Uh, yeah, but uh, we're we're at 20 after, we could take our next oh. break and then we could do our, our big finish, uh, with um, our new cereal that we have i'm i'm painstakingly as i'm speaking i am coloring my little fingers away 
yeah. the new show art. So, um, and Tennessee, would you please stop banging on that thing? Um, God, yeah. he's annoying. It's a, it's about time to give these cats some kibs. It is. Just give them, just give them cupcakes. Yeah. Give them cupcakes. Uh, yeah. Just give them cupcakes. The Doctor would like that. Oh. Oh Wouldn't my God. you like some buttercream? Oh my God, Maybe. that cat. That cat and cream, let me tell you. Yeah, he loves cream. So, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and we'll do our uh, other cereal, cereal commercial block. And when we come back, you can make the announcement on what we're listening to for your birthday show. Another uh, okay. short, short cereal from okay. the days of yore. Mm-hmm. But uh, but here we go. Here's, here's our second... Uh, Cereal block. Um, I believe this one's it. Come to the honeycomb hideout. I'm Mr. Big and I'm tired of small cereals. Give me something with a big, big bite. Honeycomb Nutritious breakfast for post honeycomb gives you a big bite. Big, big bite. You like my coat? It's made of golden sugar. Mmm. Tastes like the golden sugar coating on the super sugar crisp. Hey, boss, look. Yeah, a golden bear. Hold on, this is a golden sugar coat. Mmm. It's just like my cereal's golden sugar coating. Mm-mm. Golden sugar coating makes my cereal sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah. And post super sugar crisp cereals part of a balanced breakfast. I love your cereals golden sugar coating. That's why they call me Sugar Bear. Maybe you're sort of tired of eating the same old thing day after day. Maybe you'd like to try something different, something delicious, something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other cereal you've ever tried. Now, if that's the case, why don't you ask your mother to let you have a big bowl of crackly, crunchy, golden brown Wheaties Flakes tomorrow morning. Ask your mother to let you have a cereal you'll really like the taste of. Ask her for the big, husky cereal for wide-awake fellows and girls who not only star things, but who see them through. Your mother will be mighty glad to let you have Wheaties, too. For most any fellow's or girl's mother wants to see them eat a big bowl of a nourishing whole wheat cereal every morning. And your mother probably knows, too, that authorities now recognize that Wheaties supply the very same amount of heat-producing units you need to help keep your body warm these cold winter days as a cooked cereal does. So you can be sure she'll be glad to let you have all the Wheaties you want to eat this winter, if you ask her for them. Remind your mother to always look for the famous seal of acceptance of the Committee on Foods of the American Medical Association whenever she buys Wheaties. That seal means much to her. It tells her that Wheaties are a pure product, honestly advertised. And another thing, remind your mother that lots of grocers are featuring Wheaties and bananas now. Ask her to get some of each next time she goes to the store. Try that delicious breakfast combination tomorrow morning. You'll say it's swell. Try Wheaties, they're whole wheat with all of the brands. Won't you try Wheaties? For 
Rice Krispies. I say it's crackle, the crispy sound. You gotta have crackle or it's not brown. Honey? Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. You can take this. An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey It's honey nut Cheerios. I figured you really liked the Hulk Hogan one. <laughs> I did, but Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. Why wouldn't Hulk Hogan eat nuts? Um, I Good don't protein. know. Maybe he has an allergy? Maybe. Not anymore. Well, well we don't know. We didn't see what happened after the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they had to run in with an EpiPen. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, so yeah. So, did, did you want to uh, tell everybody um, what... Uh, well, the new cereal um, is going to be uh, one called Wormwood Manor. I mean, Wormwood Forest. I keep thinking it's Manor. Wormwood, Wormwood Forest. Forest. And I'm kind of excited because it's from the Internet Archive, but I've never heard it before. It is an old-time radio kids show where there are... Yeah. Uh, it's talking animals and a, and a gnome, I believe, who runs a... Hotel or bed and break a B and B an Airbnb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's what I gathered from the first episode, but it's kind of fun. There's a talking frog and a talking cat, and what? they sing little songs. And I think the frog has a crush on the cat, so it's like pre <laughs> pre Muppets uh, interspecies relationships. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we found this a long time ago, and this was something that we'd planned for. What we were once calling uh, uh, cereals for breakfast, which has not materialized. It might happen one of these days. But, uh, yeah, we've got the first two episodes of this. And I believe they are from uh, 1949. There's only like uh, 16 episodes of this. So we're going to basically blow through these in a couple months. But I thought it could be fun to, uh, you know, and maybe Kiddo might want to visit Wormwood Forest. Although, I think, uh, you know, uh, if if he does, uh, Foxfire is, and, and Kiddo are really going to have to draw from their imaginations. Because we don't know what these characters look like. So We don't know. I mean, frogs not, and cats, you know, yeah, frogs and cats. I'm not ushering like a challenge them. or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. it, it'll, it could be neat. So, uh, and but, just interesting from the t interested from the title because mm -hmm. you know wormwood is a is an ingredient used to make absinthe. Yeah. So people would be vaguely familiar with that in 1949, whereas yeah. 
we're not too hot on absinthe like we used witchcraft. to witchcraft um so it's not but witchcraft. yeah it's just a hallucinogen i know i know but okay. i mean hallucinogens so were know. used in witchcraft so sometimes wormwood is used in witchcraft yeah okay well, yep. any, anyway, yeah, so uh, so here we go. This is uh, from 1949, the first episode of Wormwood Forest. Oh boy, another day in Wormwood Forest. Hello, boys and girls. It's time for a visit with our animal friends down in Wormwood Forest. Hey, hey, don't run away. Listen to why you want to stay. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Hello, everybody. This is Dippy Dwarf. Today, a phone call causes lots of activity at my hotel. So don't leave your radio. Listen to our animal show. That's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Hey, the phone's ringing. Hold on, I'm coming. Hello, the Dwarf Waldorf. Dippy Dwarf speaking. Oh, you want to reserve a, a suite of rooms? For tonight? Yes, I do my best. Goodbye. Hey, hey, Dippy Dwarf, uh, was the phone call for me? Hey, no, Frankie Frog. That was a call from Oleander Salamander. You mean the famous crawling poet and philosopher? The one and the same. He wants to reserve a suite of rooms for tonight. A suite of rooms? Well, you get a suite of rooms in the Dwarf Waldorf, Dippy. Oh, that's right. We haven't anything but single rooms. Well, what you gonna do, kiddo? What you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do? Well... I can vacate the second floor and give the salamander all the rooms there. Yeah, but a suite of rooms adjoin each other. Well, that's simple, Frog. The rooms are next to each other. We can knock holes in the wall. Gee, you're a smart dwarf. Hmm. But I'll bet you if I suggested knocking holes in the wall, you'd knock a hole in my head. That's what you'd do. <laughs> hey, Frog, excuse me a moment, please. Why don't I go into my office and speak to my secretary? Yeah, sure thing, Shorty. Go right ahead. Don't mind me. I'm only a frog. A good-looking, handsome frog. And green to boot. I'd boot you if you don't move. <laughs> oh, Tallulah Tobacco Worm. Oh, hello, Dippy. What can I do for you? A tobacco worm. Oleander Salamander just called and wants to reserve a suite of rooms for tonight. I didn't realize this hotel had a suite of rooms, Dippy. It doesn't, Tallulah. I'm going to vacate all the rooms on the second floor and make them into a suite. What about the guests on the second floor? Well, that's what I want to find out. Uh, who are they? Let me look in the hotel register. Second floor. Hmm. Kitty, barbecue pig, and that's all. Hey, Kitty and the pig. Well, we'll have to ask them to move for tonight. And thanks for your help to Lulu Tobacco Worm. You're a mighty valuable employee. Yes, with men who know tobacco worms best. It's Tallulah, two to one. Well, Frankie Frog, only two guests will have to be evacuated from the second floor. Barbecue Pig and Kitty. Kitty? Oh, gee. I pity, pity whoever has to tell her to get up. Then pity yourself, Frankie. Oh, Dippy, no. No, oh, not that, yes, please. Frog. Oh, yes, Frog. Hop upstairs oh, no, to Kitty's no. room and tell her the oh, news. Oh, Dippy, have a heart. Oh, me. Kitty's claws are sharp. Frankie? Oh, 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 hey, you don't have to use that pickle fork. I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> Oh, what's going to happen to me? The pretty cat is like a melody. Oh, it's you, Frankie Frog. In the flesh, kitty baby. A green flesh. Oh, you're so stretchy, Frog. Well, I'll bet you say that to all your boyfriends. Only to the frog. Won't you come in? Yeah, for a little minute, maybe. 
here, sit on the love seat beside me. Hey, hey, Katie, your whiskers tickle. Round frog, do you think I'm irresistible? And not only that, Kitty, I think you're irreplaceable. Oh. You're embraceable. In uh, fact, you're the only kitty for me. Oh, Frankie, sing to me. Everybody loves a kitty, that's why I'm in love with you. Pretty kitty, a pretty kitty. And I'd like to be your sister, brother, dad, and mother, too. Pretty kitty, pretty kitty. Won't you come and let me rock you in my cradle of love? And we'll cuddle all the time. Oh, I want a loving kitty, and it might as well be you. Pretty kitty of mine, pretty kitty of mine. Oh, Frankie, when you sing to me, my whiskers tingle. And mighty pretty they are when they're tingling, too. You may go now. I must finish manicuring my claws. Claws. Uh-oh. You're a uh, kitty. I said you may go, Frog. Uh, I can't go till I tell you why I'm here. Didn't you come up to sing to me? Uh, No, uh, not exactly. Then what is it? Uh, Well, uh, you've got to move out of this room for tonight. Move out? But this is my room. I pay for it. It's mine. But but Dippy needs it, Kitty. Why? He he has to reserve a suite of rooms for Oleander Salamander. That lizard? He's not a lizard. He's a salamander. Same difference to me. Of all the nerves. Hey, hey, Kitty, be careful. The very idea. I'm mad. Hey, hey, Kitty, watch your claws. You're ripping the curtains, Kitty. That's not all I'll rip. Hey, 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 Kitty, don't do that. Get out of my room. What unadulterated gold. It's just for a night, only one night. Where could I stay? Over at Susie Skunk's house. I like that. Yeah, I thought you would. (laughs) Frog, you can tell Dippy Dwarf that I refuse to get out of my room. (laughs) And that's final. What a temper. Hmm. I'd better go downstairs and tell Dippy. Hey, hey, Dippy Dwarf. Yes, Frankie? Kitty refuses to get out of her room. Oh, I was afraid she'd be difficult. Nothing we can do, I suppose. Oh, yes, there is. You know how fond Kitty is of pearl necklaces? Sure, she loves pearls. And I'll give her a string of pearls, and she'll be so pleased she'll let us have a room. Hey, that's a good idea, kiddo. You get the pearls, Frog. Me? Yes, you. But the only pearls to be had are in the brook. I know. That's why you must get them. Here's a six-dollar bill. Now, surely the oyster will send you a string of pearls for that. The oyster? Oh, this gets more repulsive with each new development. Well, don't stop to think about it. Just hop, little froggy. Hop. The brook. It sure looks wet where it isn't frozen over. I guess I'll sit here on this rock and consider this matter first. Hey, watch where you're parking, Frog. Oh, Timothy Turtle, hiya. Hi. Yeah, I thought your shell was a rock. Well, think again. How can I sleep with all that overhead? It's too cold to sleep. <laughs> and just think, Turtle, I'm supposed to go down in that brook. Gosh, do you belong to the Polar Bear Club, Franklin? Hey, nope. I've got to get some pearls from the oyster. Well, what you waiting for? Why don't you go in and get it over with, Frog? Because it's cold. And wet. Hey, you're a fine one to tell someone to do something, you lazy turtle, you. Well, can I help it because I didn't get any energy for Christmas? Oh, me, that brook sure looks icy. Frankie, <laughs> if I were to give you a little push, you'd slide right into the water. Hey, Tim, like stop, this. stop, 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 stop. <laughs> oh, oh, that turtle. Hmm, it's not as cold down here in the brook as it is up on the bank. Oh, well, as long as I'm here, I'll 
little tap on the oyster shell. Hey, oyster, open up. Go away. Uh, hi, oyster. Oh, a frog. How repulsive. I'm repulsive, but... Oh, well. Uh, oyster, would you sell me a pearl necklace? I should say not. I need all of my pearls. Uh, why? I'm knitting a pearl sweater. Knitting a pearl sweater? Yes. Knit one, pearl two. Knit one, pearl two. Go away, frog. You bother me. Knit one, pearl two. Oh, me. No pearl necklace. Gee, I hate to tell the dwarf, but I guess there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Exactly how it is, Dippy. The oyster refuses to give me any pearls. Well, we'll just have to think of something else, Frankie. Hmm. Yeah, I told Kitty she could spend the night with Susie Skunk. And that didn't please her? No, it made her madder than ever. And Frankie, we've been going about this the wrong way. Yeah, what you mean, Shorty? We should get Susie Skunk to invite Kitty over for the night. Hey, and if she's invited instead of told to go... Then she might go. Hmm. Then all we have to do is arrange this with Susie Skunk. Correct. I'll call her on the phone at once. Oh, operator. Oh, hello, Bluebird. Please ring the old Badger residence. I want to talk to Susie Skunk. That's right, Susie Skunk. Oh, goodness gracious, the phone is ringing. I'm coming. Hello? Yes, this is Susie Skunk. Oh, Dippy. Will you want me to invite Kitty over? Why, I'd be happy to. Yes, Dippy. Goodbye. Well, if I'm to have guests, I'd better get my house in order. Oh, goodness. Bells, bells, bells. That was the door, I believe. If you're working your way through magazines by selling colleges, I don't... Oh, come pluck my woodchucky. Hello, sweetie Susie Skunky. Do come inside. It's awfully cold out here on the doorstep. My, you're so thoughtful, my sweetie. Chucky, I have to invite Kitty over to spend the night. Well, does that mean we can't have our date tonight, Susie? I'm afraid so, Chucky. I couldn't refuse a friend like Dippy. But you're refusing a friend like me. Oh, but you're so much more than a friend, dumb Gluck. <laughs> Am I really? Yes, you're my one and only love. Oh, my. That certainly does my heart good, Sue. Every star above... Knows the one I love, sweet Sue, just you. No one else, it seems, ever shares my dreams. And without you, dear, I don't know what I'd do. In this heart of mine, you live all the time, sweet Sue, just you. What are you going to do with me? That's the question. I'll put you to work. If Kitty is coming over, I must clean up my house. Where is your carpet sweeper? I believe it's in my purse. And where is your purse? Well, I usually keep it under the scatter rug. Ah, oh, here it is. Oh, good. Now, let me see. Carpet sweeper. Hmm. A jar of pickle prickly pears. A damp sponge. Oh, my. An encyclopedia. An encyclopedia in your purse? Oh, it's a very out-of-date encyclopedia. Oh. Hmm. Salad forks, Bunsen burner, a cold waffle, 
Red, no carpet sweeper. Well, what'll I clean the carpets with? You'll just have to use the vacuum cleaner, Chucky. Where is your vacuum cleaner? In the coffee can. In the coffee can? Yes, it's vacuum packed. <laughs> Hey, kitty baby, uh, are you ready to go over to Susie Skunks? Yes, Dream Frog. Uh, Timothy Turtle will drive you over. Oh, Timothy Turtle. Hey, what you want now, Frankie? Oh, hi, kitty. To the car, Turtle. <laughs> Don't care if I do. <laughs> yeah, now Kitty's out of her room. Oh, Dippy, uh, Kitty just left. Oh, Dandy. Hop upstairs, Frog, and knock a hole in the wall between the two rooms. So we'll have a suite of rooms for Oleander Salamander. Okay, kiddo. Well, here goes. Well, there, that does it. The two rooms are now a suite of rooms, Shorty. And just in time, Frankie, a taxi just pulled up out front. Welcome to the Dwarf Waldorf, Oleander Salamander. Hello, boys. Oleander, your suite of rooms await you. Suite of rooms? Happens to hibiscus. I didn't ask for a suite of rooms. You didn't? Well, of course not. I ask you to reserve for me a suite room. A, a suite room? room? And I misunderstood. I thought you wanted a suite of rooms. Oh, well. What does it matter? Sweet or sweet? It brings back a memory of tomorrow. Holy. I've come to the Dwarf Waldorf with heart and head held high. Held high with bliss, you bet. But how high can the salamander get? Come along, Ethelbert. the salamander's happy, maybe Dippy Dwarf will get his phone messages straight the next time we join our animal friends down in Wormwood Forest. Hey, hey, that's all today. We're so glad that you could stay. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Till next time, Susie Skunk has trouble with the radio. Till then, this is Dippy Dwarf saying so long. Remember next Saturday, listen to our animal play. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Wormwood Forest, written by Tom Tishner, has come to you from WSM in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. What do you know? Look what NBC used to be up to. Yeah, I uh, like it. I like it. it. I was it is fun. The relationships. It is fun. It, some of it seems just a little bit inappropriate for a kids show, but you know, it was a different time. You know, different kids. They didn't catch that. Yeah. So I mean, because the whole cat and the frog thing was, you know, a little, uh, little, a little intense. I, I was, I was just, I had to feed these cats, so I think I missed the, the first five minutes of it so yeah it was a little uh that on the podcast like i want to be your mother your brother your sister <laughs> your oh that's mother, cute that was a mother song. your father your brother your sister and all that yeah before prince um, started doing stuff like that they had that crooner you know prince did uh that. well be your mother and your father too yeah so yeah 
And Buddy also, yeah, never mind. Um, How do you feel about the singing? Do you like the singing or no? I think the songs are pretty crappy. Uh, But I I, I think it's funny because it reminds me of like really low budget stuff like the Letter People or uh, New Zoo Review, Review, you know? Okay. Like, it's like, we're going to write a song. Here's a catchy little jingle. And it's just like the most generic crappy song, you know? Yeah. Down at Wormwood Forest, you know. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. You know, I mean, it, it's like. Can hey, you stomach hey, it? Can we continue say? it? I'm, I'm having fun with it. I think it's okay. Yeah, I think it's cute. Well, I, I counted the relationships. We got the frog and the kitty. We have the salamander and a bird. I think. I don't know. And then we have the skunk, and um, I wrote it down. I, I didn't the catch skunk and a groundhog. Skunk and a groundhog. So yeah, so we've got those three relationships. I'm not sure if Tim the turtle is in. Got a girlfriend, but uh, well, I don't know. There's the also the useful employee of the tobacco worm. Oh okay, yeah. The tobacco so yeah, worm. the tobacco worm is the desk clerk, I believe. Yeah. And, and a gnome that runs all these shenanigans. Yeah, the gnome is a. Uh, at the dwarf Waldorf, or yeah, the dwarf, or he's a dwarf, or the dwarf Waldorf, yeah. Yeah, and the, it's the gnome. I forget the gnome's name. No, I think that's gnome the name. dwarf. Uh, uh, I, I, he's either a dwarf or a gnome. I don't know what he is. Anyway, we have the second installment. If you'd like to try and get things straight. No, oh, we'll get things straight then. Yeah, let's do All this. All right, here we go. Down in Wormwood okay. Forest. Oh boy, another day in Wormwood Forest. Hello, boys and girls. It's time for another visit with our animal friends down in Wormwood Forest. Hey, hey, don't run away. Let's know why you'll want to stay. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Hello, everybody. This is Dippy Dwarf. Today, Susie Skunk has trouble with her radio. Just it's soap opera time. So don't leave your radio. Listen to our animal show. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Working your way through barber school by selling haircuts, I don't... Oh, hello, Kitty. Hello, Susie Skunk. Do come in, Kitty. I must rush right back to the kitchen. Very well. Why the rush to the kitchen, Susie? I don't want my cabbage to burn. Not skunk cabbage. I had a feeling I should have stayed home. Don't be that way, Kitty. If you're hungry, you don't have to eat skunk cabbage. I'll give you a dish of whipped cream. Mm, I am a bit hungry. Where's the whipped cream? I'll have to whip it first. The cream is in the sugar bowl, and I need the egg beater. I don't like eggs. The egg beater is to whip the cream. Now, let me see. I must have put it in my purse. If I can remember where I put my purse. Under the scatter rug? Not this time. Oh, I remember. My purse is in my sewing basket. In your sewing basket? Uh Uh-huh. Someone said it looked threadbare. Oh. Oh, here it is. Now, the egg beater. Eggs. Oh, look, Kitty, a pair of skis. A pair of skis in your purse? They're very short skis. Hmm, a jar of prickly pear pickles, a back scratcher, a portable mugwump. What's a mugwump? That's a good question, Kitty. Oh, a piece of fudge cake. Now, what was I looking for? An egg beater. Oh, yes, an egg beater. Hmm, pink and shears. 
Oh, and here's the egg beater. I knew it would be in my purse somewhere. Well, good. Now I can beat the eggs. Eggs? I thought you were going to whip the cream, Kitty. Oh, the cream, of course. Hand me that bowl. Yes, ma'am. I'll pour in the cream, and I'll whip it till it's as fluffy as my fur, which is gorgeous but beautiful. I wonder what time it is. Gracious, it's time for my favorite radio program. Which one's your favorite now, Sue? Oh, about three of them. I hate to show partiality, but now it's time for Sadie Snake, Girl Reptile. I'll turn on my radio. <laughs> Kitty, it went kerfuff. You mean the radio won't work? No, it played out. I guess I'll have to have it repaired. But what about all this whipped cream? Well, you stay here and enjoy the whipped cream, Kitty, and I'll take my radio out to be repaired. Very well. It's too cold for me to stroll around Wormwood anyway. Now, where are my bonnet and fascinator? Oh, here they are. I won't be any longer than necessary, Kitty. Oh, take your time, Sue. Oh, it's cold out here. I'd better tie this fascinator around my neck. But I can't do that and hold the radio, too. I'll just put my radio down on this rock. There. Now I can tell... Oh, the rock's moving. Rock, come back here with my radio. Rock. It's not a rock. It's Timothy Turtle. Hello, Tim. Oh, hi, Susie Skunk. What's the matter, Turtle? I don't think I feel very good. Does your tummy hurt, Timmy? Not my tummy, my back. My shell feels like it weighs a ton. Oh, well, maybe that's because I put my radio on your back. Your radio? Uh-huh. Here, I'll take it off. Say, I feel like a new turtle already. Would you care to dance? Tim! Only joking. <laughs> Don't know how to dance a step. Then you should go over to Grandpa Fox's poultry farm. Oh, nothing but hens over there. Well, they could teach you to dance the chicken reel. I'd much rather learn to do the bunny hug. I don't know any bunny dancing teachers. By the time the bunnies learn to teach dancing, they've grown into rabbits. Well, guess I'll have to forget dancing lessons. What you doing with your radio? Well, I've got to have it repaired, Tim. Could you recommend a good radio repairman? Frankie Frog's good at fixing things. He is? Sure. When I busted the zipper on my turtle shell, he fixed it but good. Then I must find Frankie Frog. He's probably over at the Dwarf Waldorf, Susie. Oh, thanks so much for your suggestion, Turtle. Oh, don't mention it. Always glad to tell a skunk where to go. <laughs> Welcome to the Dwarf Waldorf, Susie Skunk. Hello, Dippy Dwarf. Is Frankie Frog here? No, he isn't, Sue. I believe he said he was going over to see Strauss the Mouse. Strauss the Mouse? Yes, for a music lesson. Oh, dear. I guess I'll have to carry my radio over there. It's not far to the Mouse's music studio, Sue. Just down the road by the brook. Oh, thank you, Dippy, and goodbye. The music studio of Strauss the Mouse. Guess I'd better knock. I do hope Frankie Frog is here. Ah, greetings and subscriptions, Susie Skunk. Hello, Strauss the Mouse. Won't you step in the wine studio to music, perchance? Thank you. Likewise. Strauss, has Frankie Frog been over here? Nutch. But let's not discuss the frog. You must hear my latest original composition, Skunk. I really haven't time this Sit time. right down there. 
I'll see if my grandbaby's in town. Perfect. But now's my radio needs repairing and Please! I... I'm commissioned to perform. Oh, very well. What do you call your latest original composition, Strauss? This one will make me famous. I call it Tales from the Blue Vienna Danube by Strauss the Mouse. <laughs> Aspirations on my musical integrity? I'm sure I don't know what you mean, but I don't see Frankie Frog here anywhere. He ain't. You can look under the sheets of music if you don't believe it. Oh, I believe he isn't here. Well, do you know where he might be? Seems he said he was going to buy the Grasshopper's Junk Shop. The Grasshopper's Junk Shop? Oh, do excuse me, Mouse. I have to see a grasshopper about a frog. <laughs> Jock, jock, jock. Everywhere look to say jock. A frog! Oh, for a minute there, I thought you were part of the jock, Frankie boy. Uh, hiya, gentle grasshopper. What can I do for you? For the way of jock. Yeah, I'm trying to find a pair of secondhand snowshoes. Oh, uh, what does a frog want with snowshoes? Well, they make dandy sweater stretchers. You ought to try them sometime. Never wear sweaters, Basov. Wool scratches. Hey, 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 what's that tobacco, grasshopper? I'm wearing new spats. Spotted spats are quite the thing over at Hazelnut Hollow. Yeah, but I'm here in Wormwood. Oh, Frankie, Frankie! Don't look now, boy, but a skunk's coming this way. A skunk? Oh, oh, hiya, Susie Skunk. Hello, Frankie Frog, and a quick hello to you, Gerald. It's nice of you to speak, child. Real democratic. Please, I'm a pedestrian. Oh, Frankie, thank goodness I found you. Now, what's so important, Susie? My radio. It went floof. And I'm sure you can fix it. Yeah, he can fix it, all right. Remember what he did to your food chopper, Sue? Yeah, her food chopper? Oh, <laughs> I did sort of get things mixed up, didn't it's I? It's all right, Frankie. I needed a can opener all the time. What saves me the trouble with your radio? I wouldn't be surprised if... Oh, do you feel the ground trembling? Hey, hey, do you suppose oh, it's... Don't get place? excited, folks. Only barbecue pig trotting down the road. The pig? I should say not. This is an honest junk shop. Hey, we're trying to fix the skunk's radio. It went kaflooping. And I'm going to fix it. Nope, I've got to fix it. Yeah, probably a burnout tube. A shortage of the wiring. Yeah. Hmm, I don't see any. Hey, tis right puzzling. Yeah, I thought surely I could fix it. Stops me. Can't either of you fix it? Nope. nope. Here, let me see it. Hey, pig, will get your pig feet soiled. I can afford to buy soap. Oh, I'm wealthy. What does a pig know about fixing a radio? Huh. Aha! Uh -huh. The filter condenser's loose and the antenna coils burned down. Oh, the whole is the oscillator's out of alignment. And there's a shortage in the transformer. Condenser, antenna, oscillator. Is that all? Good heavens, no. The transmission line is disconnected and the amplifier. Oh, that amplifier. Please, a screwdriver, someone. What screwdriver? Coming up. While you're getting it, bring over your toolbox. Susan. Yes, ma'am. Hold my puss. Franklin. Uh, yes, ma'am. Take your hands off that puss. Uh, yes. Clean that box off so I'll have an operating table. I have the tools, Peg. Good. Now I must have absolute quiet. 
Screwdriver. Screwdriver. Pliers. Wires. Tubes. Tubes. Speakers. The speakers. Condenser. Condenser. Frequency. Frequency. Modulator. Nail. Will someone please plug in the radio? Sure thing, pig. You're there. And I'll turn it off. We now bring you Miss Fetlock's Billions, the story of a wealthy horse who wants to get into society, only to find that the social set gives her the horse laugh. In today's chapter, we find Miss Fetlock trying to crash the horsey set. Oh, I knew that I'd crash the horsey set sooner. Oh, good morning, Colonel Sorrow. Don't tell me you walked all the way down to the track. My dear Miss Fedlock, I always walk. I'm a Tennessee walking horse. Oh, there's a dream horse, Stanley Stallion. Isn't he gated? Well, my dear, we, we thoroughbreds never associate with him. Now, Miss Fedlock, there is the horse for a filly like you. Oh, he is handsome. Mm, such trim flanks, such muscular withers. Miss Fedlock? He's a Palomino from Texas, made a million in oil. Oh, Colonel Sorrel, you must introduce me. He's so spirited. Look at the way he tosses his manly mane. <coughs> Colonel Turner, loose of my bridle. I just heard the call of the canyon. <laughs> Will Miss Fetlock gallop off with a spirited Palomino oil millionaire from Texas, or will she be won by some trotter who is after her billions? Listen tomorrow to the next True to Life chapter of Miss Fetlock's Billions. I'll turn the radio off. There. Oh, my radio is repaired, and I got to hear a soap opera. Can life off of more? It sure can. Food. Food? Yeah, food. food. It's time, time to eat. eat. And I left Kitty at home with the whipped cream. What a rude hostess I am. Pardon me, everyone, but I must run. Oh, Kitty, my radio is repaired. Oh, well, good. I'm sorry I had to be away so long, leaving you here all alone. Oh, well, I haven't been alone, Susie. You haven't? No, go out and look in the kitchen. <gasps> Ten o'clock, my woodchucky. Uh, hello, sweetie Susie. Chucky, you've been here all alone with Kitty. <laughs> yes, but don't worry, sweetie. You'll always be the one I love. Every hour, every day, every year. I promise there will be no other skunk for me. You'll always be the one I love. Oh, Chucky. Susie, isn't it about time for another soap opera? Maybe so, Kitty. You take the radio into the other room and listen. Now that my woodchuck is here, I found a program that suits me perfectly. Mm, Chucky? Oh, mercy me. <laughs> Susie's radio makes her happy. That can compare to the happiness brought by an honest-to-goodness woodchuck. Nothing, for Dumpcluck is the skunk's favorite out of all the animals down in Wormwood Forest. Hey, hey, that's all today. We're so glad that you could stay. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. And next time, we'll 
have exciting guests from Hollywood. Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, and Donald Duck. Till then, this is Dippy Dwarf saying, so long. Remember next Saturday, listen to our animal play. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Wormwood Forest, written by Tom Tishner, has come to you from WSM in Nashville, Tennessee. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. There's going to be a Disney crossover. What the heck? Yeah, we didn't know that, but... um. Didn't hear that coming. Wormwood Forest. Yep. Yeah, it's... Broken uh, radios. Had to go out and get that radio repaired. Oh, yeah, to hear the horse soap opera. Hmm, yeah. Because they had to hear the horse soap opera. That's a good one. Yep. So... Yeah, so I I think it's kind of fun, you know. It's a it's it's an interesting uh, little uh, nugget from the past that yeah uh, nobody else. Honestly, I mean nobody else is gonna do the weird deep dive stuff uh, like this and you know play yeah, this kind of. What year is this? Nineteen forty nine. Forty nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's before the fifties. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, it, it didn't last very long. Go. Living, they're not. They're not gonna. They haven't even thought of disco yet. They're about twenty years away from it. But they uh, are. They are gonna sing and dance, and yeah. maybe they want to tap dance. They wanna. They wanna dance, but it's radio, so they can't. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, well, I I, I hope you had a fun birthday uh, today, and um, we are yeah. at the top of the show, so I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, Gymnopedy, get that ready for us, our sati. Yeah, I'm watching um, American Gods. I just started episode one through three of American Gods. I've been wanting to watch it all at once. So, so there you go. We signed up for the seven-day trial of stars. Yeah, I'll watch it all. Yeah, but, um, for sure. Yeah, it's been a good birthday. Apparently, I'm... A little older than 21, so... Just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Excited about my stories about the new, uh, Wormwood Forest. I hope you guys liked it. Hope you liked your Oz. And your, your, uh, Kiddo Drop was... The Kiddo Drop was great. Fantastic, as always. Thank you so much, Foxfire. Hope you're all riled down to go to bed, and... I think we're done with the rain for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And tomorrow on It Came From Cleveland, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger himself. We're excited about that. And, of course, the various other roles he did. A couple other... Uh, we'll get back to our Twilight Zone reviews. Uh, Miles has a segment on the character of Count Dooku from Star Wars that we didn't have time for last week. And I'll be talking about some birthdays. Uh, and giving some movie re- recommendations of uh, Stacy Keach, Andy Griffith, and um, oh, 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 why can't I remember his name from Brazil? Uh, Price. His last name is Price. I can't yeah. remember his first name. His birthday's coming so. up. But there is one thing that Kenny Pick is going to talk about tomorrow, and that is it only happens once a year, and it's already finished. The midges are gone. And he's very sad about that because he no. wants them back. No. He I, wants them back. I've ingested about six midges over the course of this onslaught. 
they just are from just breathing dead. them in while mowing the grass. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So uh, happy Nido. birthday, Suze. Uh, I love you, you, and I'm glad I can be part of this I show with you. you. And um, oh, I eated some cupcakes and ice cream. Yes. As a reward Good for stuff. coloring the kiddo stuff. All right. Yep. Good night, everybody. Good night.